Hey everybody, welcome back to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer, and once again I'm with my host, the Old Faithful, Dave Hampton, Robo Recruiter. What do you got to say? Good morning. How you doing? I'm just trying to wake up. So yeah, back in Vegas again. Back in Vegas, hot, hot but yeah. not as hot. No, it's uh, you know only 102. It's a dry heat. Yeah, dry. It's heat. a dry heat. Dry yeah, heat. finally it's 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 dry. It has been dry in a while. A lot's been happening, man. Yeah. And you know, lots happening in the blockchain space, and <clears throat> we are from uh, Blockchain Recruiters, and we recruit in the blockchain space. So if you're listening, and you're trying to learn more about crypto, uh, you're confused, then keep listening because we always bring guests on that have a different take, and you know it's a gravitational pull, right? And the great thing about everybody who's in crypto is there's usually usually a very strong willingness to share with others. Like you know that T-shirt that I have. Right. Warning may randomly start talking about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I just can't help myself. And that's that's the great thing about the space. It's, it, it, it invokes freedom and fairness and opportunity and hope. And most people who found the space early, they're very encouraged about sharing with everybody else. So, <clears throat> David, let me ask you a question. OK. <clears throat> if I said, hey, there's an opportunity to buy a property for, for a good price in Malibu, what would you say to me? Interesting. Yeah, interesting, right? So, and one of my experiences with real estate, and I'm not that experience of actually buying and selling it, is that I go, wow, I should have bought there. Wow, I should have bought there. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you, like, Redondo Beach I had the opportunity to buy this place on the beach, right, for 900000 right? And that was back in 19, uh, 1995. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's too expensive. And now that place is $9 million, right? Yeah. And so, um, and we've had different kind of guests on the show, and uh, the the guy who's going to come and, and educate us and share his knowledge with us today, a guy by the name of Rish Lotlikar, and I hope I said it right, he's going to be here in a second, but he and his company have literally, they have mapped the entire world, and I'm talking about including parts of the Red Sea, where people can actually buy virtual property and they can actually develop it and they can host events and monetize it and it's fascinating <clears throat> oh wow and when i first heard about the idea of farmville right back 10 years ago i said wait a second you want me to come go to your house and log on to your computer and water your plants in a virtual world so they don't die are you really asking me to do that for you <laughs> Right, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. However, there were a lot of people who played Farmville and then grew yeah. this out, and, and it became its commodity. Well, um, this is really happening, and there is like kind of like the space race. There is a real race for who is going to be the premier entity that that virtually sells <laughs> digital, the entire world digital real estate, digital real estate of the world. Wow. Right. Okay. So, and I told them, I said, look, I'll let you be on my show if I can have the entire island of Manhattan. And he saw that as such a bargain that he actually, uh, he gave it to me. No, said, said no sensible person ever. <laughs> he didn't give me anything. <laughs> so anyhow, without any further ado, Rish, welcome to Bit About Crypto. And thank you. Hey. Hey, thanks so much uh, for having me on. I thought we agreed for some beads or something to sell Manhattan. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, Wasn't beads, that the original yeah, deal? Right, yeah, beads <laughs> and the drum. And that's that's the funny thing about it, right? And I don't I don't know what, it, what if it was the Mohawk Indians. Someone's going uh, to – first off, it's the Native Americans, right? Whatever Native American tribe – 
possessed that area. I, I think it was the Mohawk Trap. I think, and I could be wrong, but they literally said, you're going to give us beads and a drum for land. You can't own land. Nobody owns land. This literally, if you go back to the story, the, the, the Native Americans who made the trade, they thought they were like swindling the, the ones that actually gave the beads and the drum. Yeah, that's interesting, right? It's interesting historical uh, perspective on a new paradigm, I guess, at that time for, for them. Uh, owning land. Yeah, and before we get into the the concept of uh, virtual real estate, or virtual space, I, I hope I'm I'm branding it correctly. Virtual real estate. If I say that, is is that how how you guys talk about That's it? Right. Okay, so virtual real estate. I know yeah. that it, I, I'm going to talk about. I'm just going to go to Bitcoin for a second. Here's what I've always said about Bitcoin: is that when you first look at it. You can't see it, but once you see it, you can't look away, right? And when the idea of Farmville came 10 years ago, I looked, I poo-pooed the whole idea, and I didn't realize how many people were taking it seriously, right? And so even though there's some foreign parts of, of me, you know, being at the age I am, I still am keeping a very, very open mind to the point where I, I would be open to actually buying some of that real estate now compared to what it's going to be. Because the thing about real estate is that there's a finite amount of it on the entire globe. They're not making any more of it. And so, but before we get to that, I really would like to know about you. So you are calling from Eastern Europe. That's where you're actually uh, joining the podcast from, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very globally nomadic. So I'm, you know, just got here from San Francisco last week. Um, I live uh, kind of all over. So all over the US, all over Europe, Asia, I've been doing about every year kind of different spots. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I started a venture capital fund uh, in Eastern Europe about 10 years ago. So this is a, this place has a soft spot in my heart. And Coincidentally, it's also a great place to hire some of the best engineers in the world. So I know this. this good reason. To be I know here. this is a fact, right? Yeah. We have some good, good talent yeah. there as well. So let's let's just back it up a little bit. Let's just talk about your childhood. Like you know, you know, let's talk K through twelve. Like where'd you grow up and what did you do and how how, how I mean, we, I I haven't really done much of your resume. I wanted to let you talk about that, but your gravitation to where you are now. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in Houston, uh, went to Rice University, uh, K through 12 wise, you know, I was very interested in science. Um, you know, my, my, uh, my brother's a doctor, a lot of my family is in medicine. So kind of grew up around, um, you know, kind of going that direction, but was super interested in science in general, physics, chemistry, biology. Um, I, I think I, I think I, took every science class in high school and kind of got an award for it just because like it was even hard to do that just in terms of scheduling. So I took classes at lunch and stuff, but I was very interested in that. And I've always been very interested in literature as well. Um, I like, uh, you know, I do a lot of reading, but I've, I've, I've been pretty balanced in terms of my kind of focus, um, art, you know, liberal arts and science. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, when you're creating a world like we are, uh, it's really important to have uh, a balance and really 
be open to a lot of uh, different key, you know, viewpoints and key, key stakeholders and stuff like that. So well, it's been useful. I'm very excited to talk about this world. However, yeah. I would be remiss. I would be remiss not to talk about some of the things that you actually did. So you, when you got done with Rice as a pre-med political side major, right, you went to the University of Chicago in public health, right? So that tells me that you're, 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 your chi or whatever drives you is a giver to the common good, right? And so, but then you did very atypical things of people with those degrees, Right. You you it seems like you're all about global business development in emerging markets. And so I I really would like you to talk about that because I am quite impressed with it. And I'm a recruiter. In my opinion, counts. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, you know, was doing uh, uh, a, a degree uh, out of uh, undergrad that was uh, kind of uh, focused around healthcare. So I was doing a, an MD, which is a, a medical degree, public health degree, and an MBA. So a triple degree, MD, MPH, MBA was kind of the, the goal that I was going towards. Um, did, There's nothing uh, overachiever about you, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I guess uh, the way I grew up, with my parents and such, I, I guess that was just normal. I, you know, <laughs> I think I remember, I remember when I like graduated from college, it was like a given, I guess for them, <laughs> you know, you know that's I mean? like showing up um, for dinner. Of, of course, yeah. of course you did yeah. or your job, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, congrats. Good job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, you know, again, I, I was, I'm pretty driven by learning and, um, you know, I, I am still very much driven by that. I, I love learning stuff. And so for me being, you know, all of, all of, of those things were my decisions. I, I kind of gotten a grant to, that gave me the opportunity to do an MBA along with the MPH. Um, and it was a grant from the National Institutes of Health because they want to encourage, you know, doctors to, to learn public health. And now it's obviously very important. Back, you know, 12 years ago when I was doing an MPH, I was just learning about epidemiology and, you know, public pandemics, you know, and, uh, and now it's become a reality. Public health is probably one of the most in-demand professions right now with all the things that's happened in the last couple of yeah, years. So absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny when yeah. we talk about infrastructure, you know, whether, whether it's a bridge or whether it's a hospital system or, or whatever it is, we never give it the attention it needs until it's broken and there's damage. Kind of like what we're seeing that happened with COVID, it's just like like the, the the building in Florida. It's like, oh, now we really need to look yeah. at structures. But but I digress. So let me ask you this question. So how did crypto find you? So you know, uh, kind of fast forwarding through my career, I I, I did management consulting uh, for a while out of grad school, and then I did investment banking on Wall Street. Uh, I got into venture capital in New York, investing into technology and biotechnology companies. Uh, and about 10 years ago, I had a crazy idea, actually one of the first of my crazy ideas, which was, wouldn't it be cool to go somewhere in the emerging markets and start a venture capital fund? So I got on a plane, I didn't know anyone. I went to Ukraine, then I went to Russia, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Moldova. It took me about a year and a half, but I, I decided on Ukraine and started a venture capital fund in Ukraine. Techminsk? Is that Techminsk? Uh, it's, it's called East Labs okay. in Kiev. Uh, I subsequently uh, also on the board of Techminsk and helped start that. That's in Minsk, Belarus. Okay. Um, but I started East Labs first, backed by a big investor. 
uh, out of this part of the world named Victor Pinchuk. And Victor backed me along with two other partners and starting an investment fund here. We invest in about 35 companies in the region. Uh, Preply is one of our companies. Preply is the largest online tutoring marketplace in the world. So we were the first investor in Preply as an example. Uh, but long story short, to answer your question about crypto is after being involved in the venture capital space in, in Eastern Europe for several years in 2013, I had lunch uh, with a friend of mine who was a hedge fund manager uh, out here in Ukraine. And uh, he, he asked me if I knew anything about Bitcoin. <laughs> and so that's what uh, opened up my eyes to digital assets and Bitcoin. I think price was uh, below hundred bucks at that time. So that had to have been 2012. Yeah, it was, it was um, I think it was early 2013. Um, price had just popped to, to hundred from I don't know exactly what 15 bucks or something like that. If I, if my memory serves me correctly, it was, that was exactly the time it was. Yeah. I, when I first saw Bitcoin or when I shot, when Bitcoin first found me, it was mm -hmm. May of 2013 and it was $210. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I just, it, it, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to dwell on me. So anyhow, <laughs> um, okay. So you've got, you got this, this fund, and so, okay, so 2013. So, did you did you go face first into Bitcoin? Did you did you say watch? Tell tell me about when did you say yeah, Bitcoin's a real thing, and you guys just watched and I and became a true believer because not everybody comes a true believer once they first see it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I uh, in in the early stage technology business, and you know, one of the things that I was already seeing uh, uh, companies uh, and business plans around were uh, exchanges uh, around uh, crypto, and so you know, I, I you know, I understood the potential of having a digital currency. I think the the risk of hey is this the one or is there another one <laughs> was uh, a top of mind, um, but I, you know I uh, I definitely was not against buying some. Uh, I, I should have bought more. But who, who doesn't um, say yeah, they shouldn't buy yeah, more, yeah. right? I mean yeah, it's it's exactly. it's the lack of temperance yeah. in all Bitcoin holders. It's like oh. If I could have just gone all, you know, you start counting and how life you're, would, would, would be different, right? But then you, you're getting out of divine order, right? Because everything happens yeah. in the natural way they're supposed to happen. And so, um, yeah. <clears throat> anyhow, um, okay, so how do we get to the part of our the show in your life where all of a sudden you just wake up one day or you're like laying in the park, looking up at the clouds and saying, you know... <clears throat> If I could actually just copy the entire world digitally, I could be the the Keller Williams of the world. I mean, <laughs> or, or the Berkshire Hathaway or the Century 21 or, or Caldwell Bank or whatever it is. I really am interested on in the genesis on how this happened because this really takes some, not only some foresight, but some will because you know that most of the people you're bringing along are going, wait, what? I, I know you know this is true. And that's why I find, you know, your, you being a guest today and the advocacy of that so fascinating. Oh, thank you. You know, what happened next in my story was I, um, after doing these venture capital funds, I was an early team member. I was the first biz dev uh, early employee at a company called TopTal, 
which is a, a talent marketplace backed by Andreessen Horowitz. Um, so in a business development role there, helped grow and scale TopTal. Uh, learned a lot, learned a lot about building uh, companies, being experimental, being scrappy, you know, was a startup founder at, or, or you, know, you know, not a startup early team member, I should say. Um, and, uh, and then after that, about five years ago, I started uh, Rogue Initiative Studios, which is a film, television, gaming, and virtual reality studio in Hollywood. Uh, my co-founder, uh, who I worked with as well on the YouTube platform, um, he produced Call of Duty, Modern Warfare series and Ghosts, uh, as, as you guys know, which is a big, very big game franchise. And then my production partner is Michael Bay, the action director. Wow. And so... yeah. That's, impre- that's yeah, very impressive. I, Wait, does he have any crypto? Because uh, if he has crypto, I want him on the show. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how much crypto he has. I'm sure he does. Um, Everybody's got but, crypto. Uh, There's two kinds yeah, of people, nowadays. those that have it and those that will. But anyhow, okay. So, Michael Bay, continue. Yeah. yeah and so, you know, I think th- that experience, um, first of all, gave me a lot of insights in content production, entertainment production, as well as uh, artificial, uh, I should say, augmented reality and virtual reality content. So Rogue Initiative is backed by all the top AR, VR, venture capital funds in Silicon Valley and globally. And, you know, Rogue Initiative is a content creator. And so as as I was thinking about content creation uh, and immersive content creation, you know, that idea um, of, of building a platform for that type of content became very interesting. And what happened was uh, Pokemon Go came out in, you know, yeah. about almost five years ago. And huge, huge, Is it, huge Was it sensation. only five years ago? I'm sorry, was it, it only? Maybe five? even longer. Yeah. I, think I thought a like, little longer. when yeah. you think like 2011 or 12, I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, they have they've had a few different okay uh, games come out. So the company Niantic's been out for a while. They had something called Ingress before that. Yeah. Pokemon Go, I think, was like 2016 or something like that. Okay. Um, but around 2017, um, you know, I got together with my co-founder. His name is Max Woon, and Max and I previously also worked together on the YouTube platform. And, you know, we saw what, what was the major kind of worldwide sensation of Pokemon Go. And a lot of people don't know, but it was the fastest company in history to hit a billion dollars in revenue. And a lot of other people don't know that this was their best year ever. So Pokemon Go is doing extremely well. And, you know, Niantic as a company is doing well. Wait, let me just clarify. Let me clarify. So you're saying Pokemon Go was the fastest unicorn company ever? At that time, yeah, that's right. It was. It went to a billion dollars in seven months or something like that. Amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Do your kids? Yeah. And so what we thought. I'm sorry. Do your kids? I'm yeah. asking both of you both because because you you both both Dave my my cohort and all you you both have kids under the age of ten. Do you, your kids do the Pokemon Go, uh, Rish? My kids are a little bit too young. They're five and two, oh, so they, okay. they didn't really get into that yet. Um, and they're just starting and looking at mobile stuff. But uh, yeah, skip mine that. Have, mine haven't. Mine haven't. Yeah, mm, interesting. So, um, all right. So I, I'm sorry. I'm just my enthusiasm is getting the best of me. I keep cutting you off. So it's a it's a yeah, liability. No, no. Yeah. No, it's great. I love it. Um, 
you know, and so what we thought was, you know what, if we can't build the next Pokemon Go, what if we could build a world? What if we could build a place where the next thousand Pokemon Goes gets built on top of it? And that was kind of the, the high level vision of Superworld was let's build a virtual world. And uh, that was kind of the, the way that, that that started and that idea came about. And so what I really want to ask you about, because you have a co-founder and, and, and you clearly by looking at your, your CV, which I'm a recruiter, which I am looking at right now, you don't really do anything alone. You're a consensus, right? A conglomerate type of, you know, what's, what's the group, group conscience think? And so here's my specific question. Superworld. <clears throat> How long did it take for everybody to agree, some come willing, some come dragged, on that name? Oh, that was pretty quick, actually. So, um, <laughs> you know, my, yeah, my uh, co-founder uh, previously comes from a physics background. He used to work uh, in Stephen Hawking's department at Cambridge. And Super World is a uh, way of describing superpositioning of objects. Superpositioning is when there's multiple kind of uh, layers um, that exist at the same time uh, in physics. And, uh, you know, multiple objects can exist in the same, same time in different, different places and states. And, uh, and so that's kind of how the, the word superworld kind of came about as well, because in superworld, you can have an infinite number of filters on top of the real world. So I want to just talk to describe. my, that, that, that's so great, Rich, that you just gave it. I want to talk to my audience for a second, right? Because when you're talking about different layers, so what Rich is talking about, and you, you can clean up what I, I'm about to say if I get it wrong in a second. What he's talking about is there is a virtual world, right, of, 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 of planet Earth, right? And you can zoom in and out as far as you want. And then you can actually develop that. You can have concerts there. <laughs> you, you, you can have concessions, monetize, et cetera, et cetera. And there are layers, so on, on the digital uh, replication, right, whatever that real estate is, there's a layer on top of that, and there can be layers on top of that. What people, we, we talk about blockchain items like Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin is, is a layer, and then on top of that, there could be the Lightning Network, and we can go into smart contracts. So there are layers on top of layers. And that's, that's how it is with our money system, right? Because we have different layers with our money system, right? I've got cash. I have a credit card. I have a Venmo. I have a line of credit. These are all different layers of the money system. So I, I want this. The show is called A Bit About Crypto, and it's for our audiences who don't know. And I want to see, I want, I want, I want to come back to what uh, Rich is talking about, physics, on how all these things actually relate. And I just was remiss not to say something about that. So, so go on, please. Yeah. So, you know, again, as a, as a high level uh, in terms of super world, you know, the, the thing is, is we're utilizing technologies like augmented reality and virtual reality. And so, you know, in Superworld, we call those filters and those filters, there's an infinite number mm -hmm. of those. And so, you know, if I come to your city, uh, wherever that is in the world, San Diego, New York, LA, Boston, Beijing, Madrid, anywhere, uh, whether you're there or not, you could say, Rish, you know what, check out my world. And I could walk around and you've left me things. You've left a hologram of yourself somewhere totally interactive. I can talk to you. You've left photos and videos in different places. 
You've left messages at your favorite restaurants about what I should eat and drink. You've personalized the real world in augmented reality. And all of these worlds, whether it's my world, your world, Nike's world, Coca-Cola's world, like Nike could put a shoe at the park next to your house, but Coca-Cola in the same place could put a spinning Coca-Cola bottle, right? Any of these worlds are just filters on top of the real world. And so the first part of the super world analogy is Pokemon Go, which is an analogy for adding digital information to the real world anywhere. The second part of the analogy is Foursquare. And that's a data analogy. On the data side, what we believe in is permissioned use of data. We believe in data integrity. We believe in data sovereignty. Now, why that's important is because have you guys seen that movie Social Dilemma? Yeah, yeah, yes. on Netflix. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It it it, yeah. it really uh, got me bothered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's because like all of us are walking around looking at our phones all day. Yep. Um, you know, we, we're getting these like, you know, uh, kind of notifications. Uh, people are hating each other. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> people, Virtually like yeah. wars being started. Yeah. Um, there's absurd. a lot of uh, disinformation that's happening. And, you know, a lot of this is due to data. And on the data side, it's really important to me, you know, as I mentioned, I have a couple of kids and I, the last thing I want to do is build a virtual world that sucks them into it. I'm a humanist. I want real world connection. And, you know, I want to make sure that I'm hanging out with my kids, not that they're like plugged into a machine or something, you know, right. playing a game all day. And so at Superworld, what we're doing is we're building a world that is focused on enhancing your real life. And okay. that's what makes us different. Okay, now I'm, fa I'm fascinated. Life. I'm fascinated. Yeah. And so because <laughs> I, as I'm listening to you talk, yeah. it's like you're a humanist mm -hmm. and I believe you. <clears throat> and I want to hang out with my kids. But the oxymoron mm -hmm. of that, as you describe it, is mm -hmm. I, I, I'm creating something virtual, yet I want to be in, in, in the flesh. So really, yes. really explain that to, to our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really important. So, you know, again, it is a fine line. We are building a virtual world, but the question is, is how do we leverage these technologies, AR, VR, blockchain, AI, et cetera, to enhance people's real lives? Okay. And how do we enhance the real world? How do we enhance humanity? So the first part of that is, we want to make sure that, you know, as users use Superworld, they're going to earn crypto. Okay. So you're going to earn crypto to use Superworld. Okay. And, and why that's important is we want to give people access to crypto. We want to make sure that people are monetizing their data and they're, they're benefiting from that monetization. And then number two, we want to make sure that anything that you do in Superworld, any user activity actually improves the real world. So as an example of that, we plant a tree every time someone buys a plot of land in Superworld. Additionally, last week, you know, we were working on a project to help clean up the Flint water situation. Just in, for in, clarification, in I buy a parcel of land in Superworld and Superworld bequeaths revenue or means to plant an actual tree on the actual planet Earth somewhere. I just want to make sure I'm understanding yes. that correctly. Okay. 
Thank you. Correct. Sorry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah. And that, and that's, and that's just the beginning. So the Flint, the Flint water, uh, crisis, uh, project that we worked on last week is a, is a way of like, Hey, do things in Superworld, and we're going to help clean up the water in Flint, Michigan. We're working with cop 26 for climate change. We're working on things in the Amazon with reforestation. You know, there's a lot of things that we're doing in Superworld. again, things in the virtual world that help build a better world, which is what our mission is. Superworld's all about building a better world. And then the third part of the Superworld analogy is monopoly. And what does that mean? It means that we've divided the surface of the earth into 64 billion virtual blocks. Each block is a digital asset. It's structured as a non-fungible token, an NFT on Ethereum. We're blockchain agnostic, so we'll be on other blockchains and we'll be interoperable. But basically, if you buy one of these blocks of land that cover the surface of the earth, you're getting a share of any of the economics that happen on that block. Advertising, e-commerce, digital commerce, data, analytics, gaming, anything that we can attribute to revenue, <laughs> you'll get a share of that. And that's part of the NFT. That's That's kind of how that works and you can reprice that land to whatever you want to price it at. And uh, again, it's a whole marketplace for real estate. So let, let me ask this question, like trying to think in the ethereal, <laughs> the reason that Manhattan central park West is so expensive compared to Roswell, New Mexico, it's because there's a, an opposite. There's a finite amount of space and there's a, a high demand of people that want it versus there's a low demand of people that want Roswell and hey, have all you want. So pricing is different <clears throat> in the in the actual world. How how do you how does one find price discovery in in super world? And and to continue further, I could literally buy something in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, right? Where one can't physically build or congregate in the physical without difficulty unless on a boat or some flotation device. But in Superworld, <clears throat> I could just, mm -hmm. hey, just show up. This is where the Titanic sank, and we're having a concert here. I could do that if, if, I'm, if I'm correct. I don't yeah. want to go too far off the reservation, which, of course, I'm gifted at doing. But I want to make sure that – because it's crazy, man. School me. No, you're exactly right. So first of all, uh, you know, once you get into this, it gets really deep. So <laughs> first of all, um, you know, most people, you know, think that places like Times Square or, you know, downtowns of cities, uh, you know, are probably the best places to buy. And it's true. I mean, there's a lot of users there, a lot of user activity. However, you know, other people value historical places, right, in the world, the pyramids, you know, places that like everyone in the world knows that are historical in nature, maybe tourist kind of sites. Those are also pretty popular. The other thing that a lot of people buy is like sports stadiums because um, they like a, they like a team or, or, or they don't like a team. They buy the stadium too, right? Um, again, the, the caveat to be, be mindful of is that if you own a plot of land in Superworld, you're getting a share of all of the economics, not only things you do, but anything that anyone does on that plot of land, right? In the infinite number of filters that exist there. 
Now, the other thing that's really interesting is that, you know, a lot of this content will probably be explored from people's homes. So, you know, if you find a residential building anywhere in the world or an apartment complex or a neighborhood, there's a lot of, a lot of activity that's going to be happening there all the time because those users are at home, they're relaxing, they have time, they're going to be checking things out, they're probably going to be making shopping decisions. And a lot of that's going to happen while they're seated on their couch, right? Um, and not necessarily walking through Times Square. And so the beauty of that is that there's, there's really opportunities for monetization almost anywhere where people live, work, play, you know, travel, et cetera. So um, it's not just Times Square <laughs> or at places that people think of as like the major kind of places in the world people get together. And the other thing is that there's, ways to accrue value to places in the world. So, I mean, you gave a great example of that. So, you know, somewhere in the middle of the ocean, now the place where the Titanic sank, wherever that is uh, in the Atlantic, is definitely kind of an interesting spot. And you could probably, if you were in that industry in some way or shape or form, some tourist, you know, company that does stuff related to the Titanic or some, you know, historical research company that does stuff related to the Titanic. So you're saying you're going to buy it before me. You're saying that you're going to go buy that before me and then sell to me at triple the price. No, anyhow, go on. Yeah, I don't know if I will, but probably someone will. And you know, maybe it's already been bought. I, I haven't looked into that exact spot, but it's 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 inter- I know I know like the Bermuda Triangle has been bought. I know that, and there are people that buy ocean. Um, but the interesting thing is, is that you know, you if you're if you're interested in a subject matter, as an example, let's say the Titanic. In this case, you could create and motivate and incentivize lots of people to start creating content there. And in, in the case of the Titanic, it's already a place that if you have an interest, you probably would create content there, um, Titanic-type related content, right? Um, but the other really interesting thing is that you could do the same in a totally uh, new area, like a desert. You know, if you think of like Burning Man, right, um, which takes place in Nevada, where you guys are close by, you know, that land, physical land and virtual land has value because, you know, people do a festival there every year. And what's cool about this is you could find your own land anywhere by virtual land there. You could create virtual content there and you could make that land become more valuable because you started creating virtual content. And then you could start doing physical things there too, because the big part of SuperWorld that's very interesting is there's a big O to O opportunity online to offline, offline to online, right? So anything that you're doing virtually can, can have significance to the physical world. Back to the tree example, right? buy that land, plant a tree. Same thing about what if you could buy a virtual object and that will give you special access at a concert in the real world, right? Or allow you to buy something in the real world or vice versa. You buy a coffee and you get some kind of, you know, metal or some kind of accessory um, that you can display in the virtual world, right? And so you have brands being able to leverage that. So you're a... I don't know if this is oversimplifying. You're transcending like a 
a uh, traditional bartering system. Like it's it's like it um it, that's that's what it reminds me of like a, like a like a bartering like you can barter for this for that but it's going from virtual to real real to virtual like that's that's what I mean I, I, that's what comes to my mind is that accurate or is that I mean even re- relative relevant yeah I think what we're doing is we're creating linkages between virtual content and physical real world. Uh, transactions, content, et cetera. So, you know, experiences, uh, goods, um, you know, again, we cover the whole surface of the earth and there's a lot of ways that we can be involved in commerce, whether that's virtual commerce or real world physical commerce. So I have two items that I'm, I, I swear to God, I can't let you go until you talk about. So number one, I mean, my... You know, the things about investing, right? Crypto, real estate, stock. Two, two, two emotions and two emotions only. Fear and greed, right? And of course, I, the, the greed part of me is going, it's like, yeah, I got to get in on this. I got to get in on this, right? But then I got to go, yeah, well, what about the philanthropy part? And by the way, my daughter Tara would absolutely love you because she's a world citizen out there to make the world a better place. And I hope she will listen to at least this podcast but she, she's, so, she's going to be so down with this idea. But <clears throat> how does one go to your site and actually look at the listings? Like, I, I, all, what did you say, 64 billion blocks or how million. many? Million. million 64 right. million blocks, right? Rish? 64 billion. billion. Okay. Oh, with a B? Yeah, oh, okay. 64. You got to start thinking bigger, David. I mean. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. So how does, so clearly they're not all sold yet, right? Right? So the Sahara Desert, right, costs a lot less than the Thames, right? I mean, for obvious reasons, or the Kremlin. So how does one find out what's listed and purchase and stake their claim with your virtual title company, if I may? Yeah, so you, you just go to our website, superworldapp.com. You can press enter Superworld. If you're already uh, you know, into crypto, you might already have a, a crypto wallet like MetaMask or Portis or Fortmatic or Coinbase wallet. Um, we're trying to make it as easy and seamless for you. So, you know, again, just connect a wallet, Web3 wallet. So now you're connected to Superworld. And then you just travel around the world, you know, do search, check out places in the world. Uh, and then you can, you know, simply put in ether if you don't have it already in your wallet and, and buy using ether. Are the prices already set? <clears throat> yeah. So anything unpurchased is 0.1 ether. Um, however, if it's already been purchased, then you will have to either pay the price that the seller or the owner of the property is, is selling or listing their property at, or you can put in an offer on property that you'd like to buy. And if the seller accepts that price, then, you know, you can buy the property at that price. <clears throat> and so thank you so much for that. And you know, I'm going to do it soon. The other thing I want to say is, and we, it was probably my fault. We brushed over this. You were talking about data and the integrity of data and how it's important. And right now with what we got, we have going on, and I really want to be as agnostic politically as far as government politics are, because I just, I just don't know what the truth is and what a lie is anymore. I swear to God, I just don't. 
and you're saying that you want, you know, and this, you being a humanist, and yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I could just, I look at resumes for a living. I've heard you talk. I see what, what you're all about. How do we, how do you, in your vision, how are you protecting data and making it consistent? For lack of a better, truthful. I, truthful is the wrong word. Consistent. Consistently accurate. As it relates to your project here. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, again, um, I think that on the vision side of how we're building Superworld, that the, the data aspect of what we're doing is so important as we discussed, because that is that will, you know, based on data, based on metrics, you know, help us determine how we are enhancing mm. people's lives and enhancing the real world. Again, the, the impact we're making, it's, you know, all these things are very data driven. How do you gamify incentivizations to benefit people and benefit the world? Right. That's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's way and, cool. And so again, yeah. Right. I mean, that's really cool. Like how could we, I mean, we have the technologies and you, you see it happening in, you know, governments around the world in different ways. They incentivize positive behavior, positive things to happen, but how do you do it on a global level? That's, you know, politically agnostic, just positive, um, which would be cool. Right. And so that's kind of what, what's driving us. So answer your question on the data side, you know, I think we're utilizing blockchain technology to, to provide transparency to that data. Um, we're utilizing, you know, other other partnerships uh, on the data side to do that as well. Um, some of those, you know, that we'll announce. Um, but you know, we're we're trying to be very um, uh, smart about it, just because it's 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 very important. And again, the reason that movie Social Dilemma is interesting is because it just demonstrates you know, the fact that there is this dilemma that people are having right now about social media and all of these things that are, are happening where our data is being exposed. And we want to make sure that we're kind of building this the right way. These are very powerful technologies. And it's very important to, to make sure that, that because we have an opportunity to do this the right way, let's, let's do that. And so, uh, you know, again, love, love your help, love the community's help and, in, in making those right decisions. Yeah. I want to help Dave. You want to help always. And speaking of helping, all right, we are going to just talk to our, a word from our sponsors. That's us blockchain recruiters. We're just going to talk about a couple of jobs and candidates we have. So okay. I'm still looking when well, no, I actually, I'm looking for a head of blockchain. All right. And that's uh, you got to work in the Bay area. So they have to pay a lot because they can't live there virtually. Okay. And I've got a DeFi crypto portfolio manager, and I, this is really, really a cool job. And also, I have a senior investigator at a big financial services company in the United States. So that's uh, those are the those are the positions I have, and okay. I, I have I have a monster monster blockchain engineer. He can design anything for you. So if you're on a project and you want that, let me know. That's all I have. What about you, Dave? Uh, I got, I mean, I kind of the usual. You filled all your positions, right? Uh, well, they just keep coming, man. They just keep coming. So, I mean, I got a DeFi crypto portfolio manager position available. Uh, that, that would be, uh, that'd be in New York. Uh, crypto trader. Uh, that's down in Texas, Austin. Okay. Uh, so quite a few developer roles. 
um, several locations, some are remote. So, so. <clears throat> anyhow, Rish, this has been fantastic. I think, I think as you evolve, as this project evolves, I think you're going to have to come on again. And, uh, I, I, so for those of you who don't know, I actually was, I, I was at a global DeFi conference and I met, uh, his, uh, prodigy Devin, Devin Vert, give him a plug and, uh, fine young man. And I, of course I'm doing, what I always do. I, Hey, can I help you find people or, or do you need a job? I'm always asking that question. Right. And so he, basically I started talking to them about what they do. And I said, wow, I really would love to have you on the podcast. He says, who you really need is our CEO. I said, yeah, that would be great. And you were so gracious to give us of your time. And uh, you're really a busy guy. You're a family man. You're a, a world citizen, nomadic. And I don't know what time it is, but it's got to be close to your bedtime for sure over there in the Ukraine where you are currently. I can't thank you enough for really, this has been so, so eye-opening for me and, and heartfelt, heartfelt. Because it's, it, the, the part that I wasn't aware of is you buy, buy the NFT, we'll plant a tree. Hey, that's a jingle. So is there, before, <laughs> before we sign off, uh, Rish, is there anything else you'd like to say or uh, encourage our listeners, right, et cetera? Oh, yeah, wait, don't answer that. Uh, yeah, the whole purpose of the podcast. <clears throat> How do you see the blockchain and all the things you're doing changing the job market? Yeah, that's 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 my tagline question mm -hmm. I ask my guests. Yeah, and, and by the way, I love your service, and I'd love to talk more about um, some of the things you guys are doing on the recruiting side. We're always uh, looking for amazing blockchain engineers, so uh, I'd love to love to talk to you guys more about that. And uh, no, that, I think that that's a very apropos question. Is you know, as more people are uh, getting into Web three and uh, decentralized projects uh, are burgeoning all over the world. Um, I think that, you know, having the skill set to uh, be able to work uh, in Web3 is really important. So uh, understanding the technologies, understanding the business, understanding, you know, it on a product and strategy level um, really kind of, you know, cuts into or kind of has exposure to all of the uh, I think positions across uh, business and technology. And so um, I, I think that uh, it's going to become a mandatory requirement. You're seeing that happen yeah. now mainstream yeah. across finance and tech, et cetera. It's, it's like anything you go from COBOL to Fortran to DBase. I mean, maybe I'm way too old. Maybe yeah. the things that you weren't even taught. Right. But I'm just, it's just the natural evolution of things. Like we don't, we don't do that anymore. So, yeah, that's great. Is there anything else you want to say to the world about project, how to reach you, any, anything at all? Yeah, sure. One thing I'd like to say is, um, first of all, very reachable. Find me on LinkedIn, uh, Rish Lotlikar, pretty easy to find. Um, find me there. Um, I'd love that's to hear from our community. R-I-S-H, for those of you on Spotify and Apple. So, yeah, you got to put that H in first, Rish. The yep. H is silent. Sorry, I just, I got, I'm just trying to throw you love your way. Yeah, no, thank you. No, that's that's uh, that's right. H R I S H L O T L I K E R. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, I would say that Superworld is a movement, so it's less about 
the specific technologies. And the thing that I want to get across is Superworld is a movement focused on how do we build a better world? And we're leveraging these technologies, AR, VR, blockchain, AI, to help people come together to improve people's lives, improve the world, you know, beautify the world with NFTs and art and other things, education, science, you name it. But literally, how can we utilize all these technologies to improve our lives? That's what Superworld's about. And so I encourage anyone who believes in our movement, you know, come on Superworld, buy real estate, get in touch with us, let us know what we, you would like us to build. You know, that's that's the point is uh, super. We have this thing called Team Superworld, hashtag Team Superworld. And so anyone who believes in our movement can join Team Superworld, earn crypto, earn free land. You know, if they they join our website, they get a link. They can just share the link, share the messaging um, and get involved in, in what we're doing. Awesome. I've got so much to think about. What about you, Dave? Same. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, as we've been talking about, I'm thinking, where would I like to buy if I could buy? You know, yeah, I know. We're going to be having that conversation. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, uh, <clears throat> so I'm David James. And if you if you're looking for talent or you have a project or you want to be in the crypto space, some some people call me and say, look, I don't know what my skills are. Everybody has a skill. If you've got an attitude and they have to kind of think about Southwest, right? Southwest, they hire for attitude and they train to aptitude. And so if you actually are looking for a position or you're looking for someone who needs a position, you reach out to me. I'm the BTC recruiter on Twitter, David James, the BTC recruiter, or you can always email me at davidj at blockchainrecruiters.net. So Rich Lodekar, CEO of Superworld, and everybody remember that's for, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you're not seeing the video here, that's superworldapp.com, all right? And so... Rich, thank you very much. Robo Recruiter Dave Hampton, thank you very much. Likewise. I'm David James, the Job Whisper, and remember, everybody, get whispered.